This PBS NewsHour podcast is supported in part by Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Their scientists played a substantial role in developing more than half the cancer drugs approved by the FDA in the last five years. Dana-Farber Cancer Institute is changing lives everywhere. Find out more at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Last year, more than 50,000 Americans took their own lives, the nation's highest yearly rate of suicide on record. What leads to someone's suicide can be a mystery to loved ones because they were reluctant to talk about their struggles. Special correspondent Megan Thompson reports from Wisconsin on the burdens farmers often have to deal with and what's being done to help them. All of them are that buffy tan. They're so pretty. I hear ya. Days start early for Brenda Stotts. Usually 4, 4.30, I'm wide awake, and so I get up, get chores done, usually do chores in the dark. Stotts runs this 300-acre farm in southwest Wisconsin with her two sons and her daughter-in-law. The farm's been in the family for 50 years. Brenda's husband, Leon, inherited it from his parents. We met in 1981, my senior year of high school. He just loved the kids, loved the farm, showing them how to farm. But farming is a hard way to earn a living. Brenda works a second full-time job in town to give the family health insurance and extra income. After the birth of her second son in 1989, Brenda left her job for a while to care for the kids. Leon and the farm became their only source of income. He told me that one day he says, if I fail, we all fail. And that's when his first bout with depression started. He couldn't function, couldn't get up in the morning, couldn't get down to the barn. Leon struggled on and off with depression for years, the weight of running a farm at times overwhelming. In 2017, the Stotzes sold their dairy herd and started raising beef cattle. But Leon came to regret it. He said, I should have kept my cows. I'm a failure. I wasn't good at farming, even though we were financially, we were fine. But his mind would not let him see that. In October of 2018, Leon Stotz took his own life. Whether he's here or not, somebody still had to get up the next day and feed the cows. Somebody had to get up and do the chores. The crops still had to be harvested that year. There's so much that has to do. You didn't have time to just stop. and didn't have time to grieve, really. No. Farmers are three and a half times more likely to die by suicide than the general population, according to the National Rural Health Association. Farmers face really unique stressors in their businesses. Karen Endress coordinates wellness programs at the Wisconsin Farm Center, a state agency. They are working in very complex markets. They are often dealing with things like weather that are out of their control. Endress says most farms are run by families, which can cause conflict and stress at home. Farmers are also operating in isolated rural areas. They can feel very alone, like they are on an island. And they also have access to a lot of things like large equipment, firearms, things that can cause self-harm. Everybody thinks farming is the red barns, you know, and the white fences and things like that. But what goes on behind the scenes is it's constantly the stress, you know, of the markets. Animals get sick. Things happen. Come on. Randy Roker runs his family's dairy farm just a few miles from Brenda Stotts. 
He says things are tough right now for dairy farmers who are dealing with drought and sky-high costs for feed and fertilizer while being paid a low price for their milk. There we go, all in. We do such a good job producing a wholesome product for everybody, and yet we aren't even making enough money to cover our cost of operating. Roker's grandparents started the farm in the 1930s. When Roker took over, he invested millions of dollars in a new barn and state-of-the-art milking parlor. So we completed that just in time for 2008 when the worldwide financial crisis hit. Milk prices tanked and Roker couldn't pay his bills. I would get in the truck and I would drive out on our back 40-acre field and sit in the truck and just cry. I never thought depression would happen to me, but this financial struggle and feeling that you're losing this legacy that your grandfather started, and it just really played a lot with my mind. Roker saw several therapists, but none were farmers themselves. I went to so many different ones and not one understood what I was going through. But after about six years, Roker recovered. Then came the death of his neighbor, Leon Stotts. In his obituary, Leon's family was clear about what happened, writing, he passed away after a long-fought battle with depression. And my kids and I, when we wrote the obituary, we all met at the funeral home, and they says, no, we need to put this in here because people need the reality check. This happens. We need to own it. And now where are we going from here? Randy Roker, who's known Brenda since high school, was asking the same question. And I overheard some people talking about Leon, and I said, you, you just don't have any idea. You don't know what we're going through out there. Roker and Stotts felt they needed to do something, so they started a group called the Farmer Angel Network. We're bringing mental awareness into the light, and we're making it okay to talk about it. Farmers can tell a story about getting hurt or, you know, whatever else is going on, but to say that they're just in a really bad place, they're really blue, they just can't get going. They'll never admit that. Why can't they admit that? Because just like Leon, it was weakness and it was fear of other people knowing. To counter that stigma, Stotts, Roker and their volunteers set up a booth and hand out pamphlets at events around the community and give talks to spread the word about suicide prevention programs. 988 is there as a support. And the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. We are not mental health people, but we are bringing resources to the forefront. Because when I went through everything with um, Leon, I didn't know of any resources at the time. Welcome to Mental Health First Aid. Other groups like the Sauk Prairie Healthcare Foundation in Wisconsin are teaching people who interact with farmers to recognize signs of distress and intervene. Anyone from a neighbor to veterinarians who visit the farm. What you can do is say, Bob, I'm still concerned about what I've noticed. And I want you to know that I'm available to talk to you anytime. And at the Wisconsin Farm Center, Karen Endress helps get farmers vouchers to cover the cost of counseling and help locating therapists like Megan Wolf. Karen will call me and she'll ask, hey, do you have room for, and then she'll give me a general situation. Wolf also grew up on a hog farm. Well, I definitely think having a farming background helps build rapport immediately, right? You don't have to explain it to me because I get it. Wolf understands a farmer's schedule and stays flexible. If they have a go day, like their crop is ready, that means their cancellation is happening. And you have to be okay with that as a therapist. A rainy day like today, it's a great day for me to connect with some of my farmers, uh, especially via telehealth.
One of the things that I know that you've struggled with lately. Wolf says telehealth is not just convenient, it's also more private, especially in small towns where everyone seems to know everybody. A lot of times we find also that telehealth reduces the stigma and the shame of maybe walking into a building where people know that, oh, that's the therapist. A lot of my farmers I see are not even in southwest Wisconsin. I don't know them. I don't know their family. They don't know me. And with the vouchers the state of Wisconsin offers, an appointment with Wolf is free of charge. The demand for vouchers has grown tremendously. Last year, we hit a record high. We paid for 217 appointments. What do you think explains that increasing demand? I think awareness. Brenda Stotts, Randy Roker, and their volunteers would like to think they've played a small part in that. I don't want Leon's death and his life to be meaningless. What we went through together has taught me so much that if I can pass that on to someone else who's struggling and trying to find their way, maybe it'll give them hope that there is help out there. You don't have to go it alone. For PBS News Weekend, I'm Megan Thompson in Loganville, Wisconsin. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, call or text the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988 or go online to 988lifeline.org.